0: everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 3, Episode 17, it's called Sins of the Father. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, this episode is a sequel of sorts, in fact we, we even kind of joked it was kind of the reverse of an episode that we got last season with Riker going to a Klingon ship, but they actually referenced that in the episode, this is actually a follow-up to that, where they've got this Klingon and uh, coming... Uh, to the enterprise as the same kind of exchange program. and he, he requested the enterprise and we get some beat, sort of reverse beats of you know him trying the human food and so on and so on. Uh, but the episode actually goes in a very different direction once it actually... That, that, you know, that's the setup that introduces the ideas, and then it goes in a wildly different direction to that episode with Riker. Because at the start, he even kind of teases that, okay, so Riker had to learn on on the Klingon ship that he had to be stern, he had to be, you know, this harsh Klingon-type character to earn the respect to the crew. And he even tries... There's a scene where he tries to give Kern the same advice because karen has been too tough on the crew as the, as the uh, you know, the, the second-in-command. And I thought, okay obvious episode to do here that should be fun this should be a solid episode but i actually don't mind that it didn't go that route because even though that would have been fun and solid it would also be just kind of the reverse of what we got last time we did this so i think it's kind of fun to use that as the setup and then do something different instead in the second half
1: i agree and i want to say this with a caveat of i actually really quite like this episode and i sure. like all that stuff that it goes into i am a little disappointed that it set up things like oh will Will Kern soften and adapt or, you know, to this style or will the crew kind of kind of work around that and kind of learn to live with it? Can can the crew adapt to a different style of leadership or, you know, either way, can we do that? And I thought it was a little frustrating for me that they introduced these ideas and then just, like I say, yeah, oh, it was just a setup. We're not even actually going to bother touching on any of that for the rest of the episode. We're doing something else entirely
0: yeah well it was more important because the the whole point was that he was treating wharf differently to everyone else because the, 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 the big point yeah. that the other characters make is that he's being ultra hard on everyone he's making everyone walk around on eggshells working as hard as they've ever worked before because if they step out of line at all karen will come down on them like a you know ton of bricks except bizarrely the one character who might actually appreciate to be treated that way and that's warf, and that kind of sets up the core idea and was a bit of a mystery and there's, there's a couple of moments in this episode where i went wait what because <laughs> they pull a couple of uh, almost soap opera level twists on us that they do yeah they're not bad in and of themselves but they definitely come out of nowhere where i wasn't expecting those beats playing and uh, I will say, Karen. Uh, first things first. I, I immediately recognized the voice and the mouth a little bit. Not, and it took me a couple of seconds. I had to really sort of think about it for a second. Like, who is this? I know this actor. Who is this? It is, of course, Tony Todd. He's a little bit younger than I'm used to seeing him because obviously the earliest thing I've seen him is Candyman, which was in 1992. So that's but two years after this. So we uh, we had Tony Todd, uh, who apparently comes back as multiple characters. I think over the course of the, all the Trek nine, shows, nine times out of ten, because of his voice yes because he's Tony Todd and he has a hell of a voice and also if they always have him kicked up in so much makeup because he's an alien most of the times yeah. then you can you get, get away, away with, with it, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was kind of fun having Tony Todd there uh, being you know someone else that I kind of recognize as someone who became bigger certainly uh, maybe not like a huge star but genre fans definitely know who Tony Todd is especially if you're a horror fan you, you Tony Todd's yeah. a, a staple uh, of the of the B movie so it's fun fun having him there for that but so yeah, the, the gist of the actual episode where it really gets going is so like I say, we have some of this stuff early on. Uh, we'll go back and talk about some of those, uh, you know, particular scenes. But the actual gist of it is that it turns out to be Worf's brother, where he says, you he, he calls him, you know, his bigger brother, and Worf's like, huh oh, and it's like, dun, dun, dun. like it, it feels like a soap opera reveal, and I'm like, okay. I'm kind of appreciating how wacky this episode is, but I I was kind of thinking to myself throughout, like, okay, but am I going to get to the end of this and think, okay, this is up to the standard of the last couple, or is this good in a different way? And it was kind of this in-between sort of place for me where I think I appreciate this one a lot for mythology and kind of what it does with its ending, but it's not got the emotional height, say, is the last couple of episodes.
1: I agree with that. I think, though, it has some really strong moments for Worf, especially towards the end with all of his interactions with Picard.
0: Yeah, like, like I said, the ending's really good, but there's also, like, the escalation in this episode and what I expected to be from the start, which was this reverse of the, 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 the Riker episode from last season, is that it starts off like that, right? And it's like, oh, wait, is oh, this guy's Worf's brother? Okay, that, that's not in no, Wait, Worf's father's been accused of helping the Romulans attack Katamir? Oh, okay, all right. And then we get to a point, like, about two-thirds or so through the episode, where we have scenes of Picard in a robe, sneaking around a Klingon city, looking for this, like, old lady Klingon. So, I mean, first of all, we've not really seen much in the way of Klingon civilization before, right? So that's something we've really delved into much.
1: Dabbled here or there, and, like, you know, things like, uh the ceremony that we did in the, in the holodeck, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but we have not really just visiting the city around this, right? I mean, obviously, we've seen it from Discovery from a later show and stuff like that, but not... like yeah, this. Yeah, not in this show, I don't think. Uh, or, I mean, the original series was even further removed from... actually seeing the Klingon's homeworld and civilization and all the rest of it. So, yeah. we, we get to this point where Picard's sneaking around in a robe looking for an old lady Klingon, which even in that, that in and of itself, like, how many old people Klingons have we seen? <laughs> not, not many. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, I suppose she's probably about the same age as the Chancellor who we meet as well. But this this is actually kind of like a weak old woman. You know, she's got a, that weak old woman kind of feel to it. Like, oh, this is very different from a Klingon. I'm not. I don't yeah. expect this type of visual with a Klingon. It's it's, it's kind of unique. Uh, and then the ending is legitimately kind of surprising. How they wrap this story up, which is to say that they don't really have a neat conclusion for it. Worf has to make this big sacrifice, which I have to imagine completely defines his character from henceforth i have to assume so i i I love this this final moment
1: is this actual heavy uh character beat there is no scene back on the enterprise no banner it's it's them leaving and then and that's it and and the credits came up and i i was i was shocked because while it was a really natural place for the credits to come up in other shows doing this sort of story on this beat in star trek i'm conditioned to go okay well we've got another minute to go after this still
0: I would argue that there's been several episodes at this point that have also basically done this. The only difference is is that they've had at least one exterior shot of the Enterprise for the, the first credit to come up on. Because there's been a few times this season where I felt like, instead of having the banter scene, it just goes to the shot of the Enterprise and the credits start playing, and it feels quite quick, comparative to what it usually does, where you get this the scene on the bridge with them talking or whatever.
1: Yeah, but this was... I think it was because the credits were still coming up on this interior of this, this Klingon room that it, it threw me even more than... The, you know those other
0: ones that we, that you mentioned there. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a staple. It's one of those things that I feel like TV really developed because I always remember new shows have been doing this for a while. But I think you know this is only I mean this is 1990 now. we we're, we're, this is like March 1990. This episode aired, and you know when I when I do think and I'm not just doing this for, the, for bringing it up, but like when I think of Buffy, right, the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when I think of that show, there's so many good dramatic cuts to that executive producer credit. At the end, where it'll have this final beat, and I'll just cut to black, and you'll get the credit, mm. you know. And sometimes maybe it'll fade to black instead, depending on the the moment that it calls for. Uh, and that this does kind of feel like the, the the start of that kind of. We're not going to have this neat wrap up scene. We're going to let the the final beat, whether it be a happy beat, a sad beat, a somber beat, whatever it is, speak for itself. And so I'll leave you in that in that that feeling as the episode goes out.
1: Yeah, it's. It's really interesting to see, because let's say we're kind of used to it now uh, on other shows, but on Trek it still feels like new territory.
0: Yeah, well, because we got really excited, even just the season one finale, like, setting up the Romulans for the future was a big deal. And we've had other things, or even the fact that we called back in this episode to that episode last season with Riker and the, the Klingon ship, it was nice to have some sort of connective tissue there. But this may be the first time where the ending of the episode, maybe if I go back to Q, who I have to go back and maybe see how that ends, because that may have ended in a sort of foreshadowing moment as well. But that's, this is definitely one of the few times, if not the first time, where it's ended on a this is for the future. We've just set something up that's important for the rest of the show, or at least for the near future with Worf. Like, this is something that's relevant going forward that's important that we've just done, and that's the b- moment we're leaving on.
1: Yeah, this isn't a moment that we will just brush over. This is something that will be a big part of his character for the foreseeable future.
0: So let's talk about what that is. He basically... So there's, there's, there's attempts to try and disprove the claims that are being made, which is Worf's father was the one who sent the, 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 the codes to bring down the shields to the Romulans because they've discovered this new evidence from a Romulan ship that they got these codes. And... Because of the way Klingon's, uh, you know, honor works, the idea that because it's his father, Worf must answer for this since his father's not here to do so. So he goes in, uh, his brother takes the... Let me just get the word here, because there's no way I was ever going to remember this. He takes the, the role of the... What? Was it Chadith? Uh, that was Chadik, It was CH at the end. But uh, he takes this, which is basically the, the warrior bodyguard, because Worf, once he starts this challenging proceedings he's not allowed to interact in combat or anything like that so he has to have like a a loyal second yeah a loyal second who will fight for them and he actually gets attacked the thing that surprised me the most about this episode is that Tony Todd's character Karen he gets as an assassination attempt where he gets stabbed and he actually survives Uh, they they save him on the Enterprise but he's kind of just out for most of the episode until the very end when he comes back and gets the aftermath of, of what's happening but uh, and then Worf asks, asks Picard to take his place and say, I would like you to be my, my second. and uh, Picard's like, oh,
1: like, hey, are you sure? There's, there's better fighters than me on the ship.
0: Yeah, but he's not, he'd be honored to have Picard. So he takes Picard. And that's why Picard ends up looking for this. Because Riker and co find evidence that's been tampered with. And there was another Klingon who survived. Turns out to be uh, Worf's nurse. And he thought she was dead, but she wasn't. So she might have witnessed stuff and have some evidence. of so Picard goes to find her. And that's we we get that stuff. Uh, there's they even a left the way into into
1: the ending, don't
0: they? There's even an attempt on uh, Picard's life when he's down there finding her. The the the, you know, the, the, the Klingon who's determined to get Worf like, like found guilty of this, uh, basically sends an attack squad after him. But luckily the old woman helps Picard out and he survives. And they bring the old woman. There's a, there's a little joke here with the the old woman's like, oh yeah, the Chancellor was into me back in the day, but he was too fat and he's still too fat. Like there's a little uh, gag there. But all all of this is just, like, all this is fine, and it's all the fun of the episode of trying to, like, prove and disprove things. And if there's a failing of this episode, is that that just feels like typical fun plot, right? Because the real interest in the meat of the story is the resolution and the ending.
1: It is. I think I will give some defence in regards to this point of the episode that we're talking about here, that, oh, it's just the plot. It's going around back and forth. It is. On a structural level, on a writing level. However... It does feel a little bit more unique because of the setting because we're doing this on, on you know on this klingon city and you know there's, there's klingons going around and it's kind of part of this society it feels a little more inherently interesting even though the core beats are very standard well,
0: that's what i meant at the start when i said that from a mythology point of view it adds a lot to the the, the overall show but yeah. the actual plot of them looking into the evidence and the, the the trial itself isn't really that interesting until we get to the point where picard shows up with the old lady at the towards the end and they go into the private room and we've got the chancellor the sort of the the prosecutor for the lack of a better term we'll call him the klingon and then we've got Worf, we've got picard we've got the old lady and what we find out here is is that the the plus prosecutor is actually it's his father who was guilty of sending the signal but because of his family's position in the klingon empire the Empire will erupt in civil war, it will destroy Klingon civilization, it'll, it'll decimate it, if this news comes out. And they need a scapegoat, and because Worf was in, in Starfleet, and because he was separate, they, no, no one else, he'll, he'll not come back and challenge, he doesn't care about his Klingon honor, he's, he's far and separate in a way. And there's even a point in the episode where the Chancellor tries to say, Hey look, just, just go, it doesn't matter, you're with Starfleet. Let like, it go. Yeah,
1: I I served for your father. I knew him. It's fine. You know, we, we we don't really think any lesser of you. You're doing a noble cause. You know, being diplomatic essentially which, uh, is the way they see it. Which is, is kind of interesting.
0: Which even Worf acknowledges is kind of weird for a Klingon. But to, to the Chancellor's credit, he's he's trying to achieve his shady goal here. I mean, uh, I mean, the end goal may actually be quite a noble one. Really, when you think about it. But just the shady tactics of how he's doing it. What he's trying to achieve here is shady. But he is still trying to, because because if Worf is found, if Worf stands trial and says no, I'm going to stick up for this, and his found, his father's found guilty, he will be executed. So the Chancellor, you kind of like him a little bit, because he's trying to save Worf's life. He's like, no, look, let us away with this. But I'm trying for you not to be killed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and it is quite genuine in that they 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 picked Worf because this is this is a bloodless option. You know, this this will save lives. You know, no one needs to get hurt over this. Sure, it it'll, it'll be a bit of family honor. Worf probably won't even hear about it because they don't know about uh Kern being his brother. That they don't know yeah. he even is even alive.
0: And it's all it's, it's only because of his brother that he even finds out. Otherwise, this would have all happened. They would never have known about it, and it would be just that. So Worf's solution, because he's, he's willing to die at one point, uh, because f- he says, Slick, no, I I will die for the Empire. I will die so the Empire can remain strong." Yada yada yada. But then he Picard's offers another, none of it. <laughs> and he offers another solution. Well, Kerr's not even in the scene. He hasn't even found out about any of this stuff after. No, Picard. Oh, Picard's yeah, Picard's having none of it. You're right. they said say Karen. Uh, and obviously, yeah, every time it's up with Picard, like he's like, no, 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 like I'm going to accompany you as captain. You're, I'm your captain. I'm coming with you. If you, if you're going to be charged of something and possibly executed, I'm not letting you go through that or not standing in the way if it's unjust. Like I'm making sure it's. Yeah. up. So- there's
1: there's a great moment though where 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 Wolf basically goes, shut up, you're my chadich now. I'm taking control. I'm doing what I want. and This oh, yeah, is my that- decision.
0: Yeah, it's a good beat work because it's even kind of foreshadowed earlier on, because Cairn's technically in command of everyone but Picard, because he's, he's number one, right? He's number one. He's replaced Riker for the, the, the exchange program period. And when he's talking to Worf at one point, Worf even points out, look, on this ship, technically you're in command. I will follow your orders. But when we're down there, we're somewhere else. Like, no, no, no. You follow my orders, because it's, it, he does not say this, but basically he plays the big brother card, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Uh, so I, I like that setup up, because later on when he does it with Picard, where, No, no, you're my uh, Shadik right now. Shut up. <laughs> Let me take care of this. I'm in charge here. This is not the yeah. ship. But it doesn't. Like, do no,
1: this is it, it's it's personal for him. It's his responsibility. He's not trying to demean his captain.
0: Oh no, that's that's what I was going to say. What I love about it is that there's not even a nuance in the moment where he realises he's, he's getting away with being addicted to his captain or enjoying it. There's none of that. It's completely played straight. Where this is just how it is right now. And, and I think Picard
1: understands. I think he's shocked. Don't get me wrong. That mm. he's just been spoken to like that. But I think he ultimately respects that. No, this is technically you know his decision and and he can only interfere so much
0: so Worf's ultimate uh plan i can't remember the, the phrase they used for it but it was essentially to be an outcast he becomes an outcast of the klingons but the klingons no longer recognize him as klingon
1: yeah i was something because not excommunicated it was like d something
0: yeah it was something like that but he uh he has this little sermon the final scene of the episode after he kind of explains to his brother what that he has to do this because his brother's kind of against it and it's actually picard who gives his brother a little speech he gives karen a little speech where he's like hey you still have your family name which means one day you can prove your father's innocence one day you can still take this because ultimately Worf has taken the fall here not via death but he's taken the fall and we know that warf's always had this sort of identity identity issue where he's he, he really cares about his klingon heritage and he's always kind of fighting and the, the opening part of the episode, while it feels like it is doing the opposite of that Riker episode, it does actually neatly set up a lot of those ideas with, with Worf himself, where he feels, like, challenged because karen has been so nice to him when he's been angry, you know, an angry Klingon to everyone else. And when he questions this, it's, it's like Karen's always trying to push his buttons and treating him like with kiddie gloves, like, oh, you're too soft because you're on the Starfleet. And Worf's always trying to prove himself that he is indeed a Klingon, that he is a true Klingon, even though he's with Starfleet. So him to make this decision and sort of accept, because because the actual ceremony is the the Cleons all turn their backs to him and shine him, and yeah, it's it's like that you know you don't exist to us anymore sort of yeah, thing. and Worf and Picard have to walk out and because there's a little moment where everyone there's like a spinning shot of everyone in a circle turning around their backs to him, and Kern won't do it and Worf has to say no you have to do it too, and he so he turns around so it's almost like a, a dance routine at one point because they're doing it in so it's such well timed because they make this like X with their arms and then turn around and yeah. i was like that's almost looks like a start, a start of a music video i'm almost hear a beat coming in like dun, 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 dun. i can see it dun, dun, dun. Yeah. but yeah so we ended this really somber shot of them walking out and the circle's just left there standing yeah
1: but it is it's really interesting for wolf because like you say with the klingon stuff like this is you know to, uh, to those you know council members this is you know the most klingon he's ever been he's taking that sacrifice for the the greater good of their society you know they're, they're like no this is a really noble Klingon heroic act you're doing, essentially. You're saving the Empire. That's but not... also... There you go. But also, you could never really be a Klingon again. Kind of. You, you'd never be part of our society.
0: Yeah, it's very sacrificial. What I was going to say is, let's not forget that uh, he does get to bitch-slap the prosecutor before he does the ceremony.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the, in the back room, it's like, you? You're actually the son of the traitor. And smacks him. The, the, the counsellor just kind of nods. He's like, yeah. Yeah, cuz he, so he,
0: he he smacks him and then they sort of you know, just sighs and goes I'm ready now. <laughs> like I just I had to I had to do that. I had to slap yeah. this little bitch before I do this ceremony. Oh,
1: yeah, it's it's the it's the chancellor just kind of nodding and going, yeah, he probably
0: deserved that. <laughs> yeah. So now all that stuff is is so the, all yeah, the ending's wonderful. The ending elevates things quite a bit but there's a lot of fun even though i don't think the plot is as engaging all the way through there's a lot of fun stuff in the first half with the, the fish out of water stuff and then the second half just seeing the klingon world and seeing something as simple as like a little city street at, at one point and a, and a klingon world there you go yeah, it's
1: it's unique it's it's wonderful for that i like I, say, I think it's too hard of a left turn into this other episode that some of the beats it sets up in the first half with the rest of the crew, kind of forgotten about, like uh, a couple, you know, like like Wesley and and Geordie, uh, you know, have these complaints and about oh what are we going to do and, and then there's just kind of no follow up. It kind of goes ah well, it
0: wasn't really about. That. I wonder if that's what makes the I'm your brother twist so, so hard hitting because it feels like the episode is really just setting up for what you like, you've got you've got it in your head exactly what this episode is going to be by the time you get to that sort of twelve minute mark give or take. Yeah. And then it hits you with that. And it's like, whoa, 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 what? And then, so you're just completely, so it sidetracks everything that was happening beforehand. Everything is just left turn Because there's good stuff in that, that that first 10 minutes. Oh, there let's, is. Let's talk about um, trying the food and, can, you know, the caviar and complaining about the, the chicken being burned because it's not alive.
1: <laughs> yeah. And th- there's there's some interesting moments, like, with the caviar, when he's like, this this taste, no, he's just naming taste. it's like, this smells disgusting or something. And, and Picard, you know, explains that, you know, replicates, they can't actually make this that good, whatever for whatever reason. It never turns out right. So this is the real stuff that I sp- say for special occasions. And he understands that, no, this is like a genuine mark of respect that, that, that he's mm-hmm. being offered here. And and he treats it as such and and stops complaining about that, that you know, the, the caviar
0: Yeah, but he does wipe put on his check-in, which is a bit weird. <laughs>
1: it, it is weird, but <laughs> Not... he, he doesn't complain about it. He's just like, oh, I understand this was... An important thing that the captain's sharing with me.
0: Not that I've ever had caviar, or really know the etiquette
1: of eating caviar. In my head, you eat caviar with one of those tiny forks, like
0: you know, like no, a salad I, fork or I think you put because even the tray that uh, Crusher brought it on, there, there was like uh, you know some sort of crackers or something. I think you put it on a. See,
1: in my head, it's with like a like a like a salad. You could have it with, but I mean, I uh, don't know. No, I, I've never I, I had th- caviar.
0: I want to say you put it on like a cracker or like maybe like a, a crisp or a chip for the uh, the the foreign dialect. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not saying you put it on a Pringle, but I, I think I, I think there's caviar and Doritos, the, <laughs> the food of kings. Oh dear, nah, I don't fancy caviar. I have to say it. It's never appealed to me.
1: It, it hasn't ever appealed to me either. Um, but I mean, if it was in front of me, I'd try it.
0: Reminding me that it's basically fish eggs. <laughs> it's just, it's
1: just... Yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty adventurous when it comes to food. I'm not that like, there's there's very little you can tell me this is what it is. And I'll be like, oh, I'm not touching that.
0: Uh, I suppose, I suppose. But I don't think it's for me. But uh, yeah, so that, that stuff's pretty fun. And all, all the the initial stuff, he, he chews out Wesley. You know, Karen, when he gets to the bridge, he, he yells at Wesley for talking to Data at one point And that's kind of delightful and it's only anytime he gets put in line is always delightful yes so you know it's, it's some fun beats in that first chunk I, I did enjoy riker trying to like talk to him and talk you know talk him down give him some advice and karen not not only does he say that uh, if this was a clayon ship i'd have killed you for making a suggestion later on at dinner when he's eating this chicken and stuff he's like oh just today because uh, troy asked him oh how are you adjusting to the ship and he's like oh just today i i resisted the urge to kill uh commander Riker. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone kind of does a, a bit of a nervous laugh <laughs> and he's like,
1: is he joking or not? Oh dear,
0: that no, was, uh, was good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. So no, it's, it, it, honestly, overall it's a solid episode, bit of a weird left turn, but the ending has a lot of impact and has implications for things to come.
1: Yeah, it's like I said, it's a disjointed episode with some technically mundane points elevated by the setting, the uniqueness and the ending, uh, for sure. That overall would put it into... Maybe not on par with the last couple, but, you know, up in the, the area of...
0: Keeping the consistency of a good quality to great quality really... You know, in a place we've but not had it in the show yet.
1: This episode is still better than most of season one or
0: two. Yes. Yes. So, no. Sons of Sons of the Father, pretty good. Pretty good. Ending, I think, it's a real standard, because the ending... Really feels like it sets up uh, a lasting impact on one of the characters.
1: Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how this weighs on Wolf. Um, does he kind of lean in more to his his Federation side even more now, or does he kind of alternatively try and <clears throat> you know, like cling on to the, the the Klingon stuff even more? That was not intentional. I realized as I was saying it that was that was awkward. Um, does he try you know try, try and keep hold of that stuff even more because now? He doesn't he knows there's no chance of him kind of reconnecting with the society, so he has to kind of do that just for himself.
0: Hmm. Uh there's a comedy sketch somewhere about cl- uh, Worf uh Wharf in a, a Roller Kling film. Uh with clinging. What's well, a clinging happening? Yep. Yeah. He's clinging. He's well, a was clingy.
1: That, it was it was completely <laughs> accidental, I assure you.
0: So But it's like the Mortal Kombat version of Kling that's built with a K. <laughs> oh, obviously. <laughs> uh so uh, no what was I going to say oh so uh, there was one point i wanted to make not specifically about this episode but relevant to the wharf stuff is that this show has really set up this idea that this will be important later but it won't necessarily be felt every episode it's something that might come up in an episode in season four for example you might not hear about this again until like season four episode 12 and that's okay, okay. the the show's kind of established that that's kind of what this does because i was just thinking uh, yesterday about the Borg and about how I know this season ends with the first half of a two-parter you know the big Borg 2 par best of both worlds and I'm like we're getting at the point now where I don't think we're going to see the Borg again before that episode I feel like that will be their, their second appearance after Q Who which is kind of impressive that they set it up in S- one episode ne- nearly a season and a half later yeah and then they're going to pay it off at the end of the following season I, I kind of like that long game mentality
1: I do as well and I, I would say is um I don't want to, you know, not not to count what you're saying because I agree that they probably won't bring it up as directly, uh, you know, uh, for a while. Um, but I think the impact will still be felt. Uh, in terms of just, uh, the the way we look at his character and some of the decisions he makes, it'll be done with this knowledge now. Um, that that even if he's not directly, you know, referencing these events, uh, it'll be there uh, at least in in our perception, if nothing else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll say it again. I think the back half of Season 3 is where I'm really feeling the new writing team who are running yeah. the show really coming in it. Yeah, you know, we're really feeling the effect of it, I guess, is what I'm saying. So that is Sins of the Father, Episode 17 of Season 3. Next time, Episode 18, of course, is going to be called Allegiance. Here's the description via IMDb. Yeah. As Connor hiccups. If I remember what that was, I'd go and mute it, but I'm not going to. Uh, Picard is kidnapped and held with three different aliens. Meanwhile... Uh, oh, and meanwhile, replaced with a replica as an imposter captain. Oh, we're going to get Patrick Stewart playing a imposter. Oh, this could be fun.
1: This this will either be delightfully fun, or potentially tedious.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what the imposter Picard is like. I can't wait. This could be good. That's my that's my new. Uh, I, I would expect this to
1: be more on the fun end of the scale, though, rather than like, mm. oh no, this is great.
0: Actually. I like to mention, not that episode I forgot to mention this last episode. Last episode there was a scene where Picard was woken up out of bed and he was like wearing this weird robe showing off all his chest hair. I don't know, it was a very sexy <laughs> scene if, you, if you're into Patrick's shirt is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's it true. stuck out I've to me. I about that. It stuck out to me. Anyway, that has been our discussion of Sins of the father. so let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe. Liking is really important on YouTube. It does let YouTube algorithm know that you think we're worth watching and other people will get to see us and find us as a result. Uh, you can also support us in a similar way by rating the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can support us financially, though, over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble, including a bonus already cancelled on Six Feet Under which is every other week, so you can get access to that. The $5 tier, you get early access to a bunch of stuff, including the Star Trek reviews and so on and so forth. So go and have a look and see if you're interested as my cat jumps up right at the end of the show to distract me, Firefly, you little menace. So, yeah, uh, go do that. Uh, But otherwise, that is it. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek, guys. And remember, when it comes to the ladies, Wesley Crusher is in complete control.